welcome to Educated Hustle. I'm one of your hosts, Emilio Porter, along, always by my side, my co-host, Mr. Paul Adabadere Jr. How's it going, Paul? What a do, people. <laughs> Man, Paul, this is a story. We're excited. I'm excited. I'm just letting you know right now, we're on our fifth podcast episode, number five. And some of y'all are probably like, I don't understand the significance of that. Well, the thing is, the fifth episode of a podcast is kind of like that do or die moment. Um, when we were first launching, we actually had a guru. His name is Randall Williams. He has his own podcast called um, Brunch Culture with him and his co-host. And one of the things he told me is, I don't know what it is about the fifth one, but it's either you don't make it past it or you don't make it to it. And so one of our personal goals was we're going to get to that fifth podcast and we're going to get past that fifth podcast. And I know some of y'all are saying we got the fifth one now. Well, I can tell you for sure there will be an episode six. That's that's for sure there will be an episode six. But we're just, you know, taking a moment just to be like, we're proud. We, we made it here. I mean, how do you feel about making to this benchmark, man? Man, I was just, I was looking for the birthday cake, man, with the, the anniversary <laughs> cake or something. <laughs> we should, you know, we should have we should had some where, you know, we celebrate this special moment. Yeah, man, that would have been a good idea. But, you know, we're, we're, we're ambitious, so we, we, we always got to look out for the next bex- the next big hurdle. You know what I'm saying? Five is easy. Let's let's get to 50 before we break out a little cake or something. But, <laughs> you know. Can't even think that far. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, we got to look far. We got to look far. But, I mean, I just know on my end, I'm excited. We, we took this idea that we had that literally started with me just calling up Paul and telling him what – I want to do for this podcast and him being on board. And, you know, we went through a lot of planning, revision, ads and everything. And definitely what we initially discussed wasn't the final product, but the final product is still, oh, so good. And we're just proud to be able to come out here and weekly give you guys what y'all need in this educated hustle world. Yo, you know, it's crazy. I, I, I start to think about, you know, the whole pre-planning process, the planning process and, Yo, that feels like ages ago, like that mm-hmm. we started doing that. And it really was only like a couple months ago. But yo, we had a good idea, kept it rolling, and it, it just ended up being pretty smooth and flawless, bro. Yeah, it did. And I I, I mean, I'm a love educator, so I I love coming out and every every week getting out and talking to people and just figuring out what they want to do for their passions and hear for their voice and then they help us out because this is our passion. This is like our baby project. You know, we started out Educate Hustle as just an ID. And now we're, you know, website, iTunes, Google Play, you name it. We're on it. Stitcher. So it, it's it's nice to be able to say, hey, we, we've kind of turned this idea from nothing into something. But alas, another thing I want to definitely um, talk about is we have some good friends at the social media platform site power circle power circle for those that aren't familiar it's basically like the mecca for conscious millennials so a lot of their contributors and authors are millennials who write topics about life after graduation life during college but just things that mostly millennials can relate to i actually had the pleasure of writing an article for them. The article is actually called the underappreciation of fiction literature and if you guys remember back in episode zero the introduction we talked about my love uh, for fiction and that article is kind of like uh elaborates just more so how i feel about fiction nowadays and how it's not really getting it's just due yeah and it was a it was a very interesting read um i really liked the the past uh that you brought up you know how you talked about it was something you looked forward to going to school and whatnot and learning about how people tell stories and 
um, how you really develop that affinity for fiction. And I mean, I, I'm probably one of those people that you talk about, like, yo, I don't really listen, watch fiction or read fiction <laughs> novels, but yeah. I, I feel, you know, I feel what you're trying to say with it. Yeah. And, you know, that's just one of the things I, I wanted to put out there because it, it it does feel like, you know, it doesn't get its due anymore. And just coming from a where I'm from a business standpoint, Paul is too, because we both graduate business degrees. And, you know, most of my peers, they they want to read the, the self-help or, you know, the memoirs of someone, you know, who kind of went ahead and did something. And I, I understand that and I don't knock it. But I mean, I would say I always just want people to kind of get back to the fiction roots because, you know, even if it's not a tangible thing not a, a, a real story. You can still draw elements and keys and pieces for that you can use to inspire yourself. And that's just kind of what I can fiction. Like I, I like knowing that even though this world is creative and crazy, you can still take bits and pieces from it and apply it to the real world. And, you know, it's my hope that, you know, people just kind of look at fiction and, and kind of give it that respect of, you know, it's something that we, we should look into more just from a business as point, a technical standpoint, just any standpoint, because it can really open your eyes if you give it a shot. And through this article, that was kind of my way of letting people know, hey, this is what Fisher can bring to you in case you forgot. And it's it's been good. It's been good feedback. I've had people actually tell me they went out and bought a fiction book after reading it. So it feels good to know that you, you're able to write something and kind of get that positive receptive that reception that you need, you know? Yeah. And um one of the books that that really I couldn't put down when I was when I was reading fiction novels was a a series of unfortunate events, and mm. I remember just sitting down reading through those books. Like those were one of the first books that really got me into reading. And um, when those when when the first book was done, I was like, dang, I gotta go get the second one. I gotta go get the third, the fourth, the fifth. And uh, I just hope that you know re- through reading those novels. It helped me kind of gain the, res- the respect for reading. And, you know, I read a lot of nonfiction today, but I always think back to those times when I was reading um, that series and how it really got me excited to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every, I think every person, child has a, has a book series or some series that they can, you know, they feel that connection to. I know I'm Harry Potter that that I'm not going to re- rehash what we are discussed, but that's my um, connection. But Last we could talk about book series all day, go back and forth, but we want to get into our guest for this particular podcast. She also kind of took something from the ground up and made it her own. Miss Chandra Offer is the founder and CEO of the Frenish app. And this app is an amazing app. It's kind of a dating alternative. It is really predicates itself on building that friendship first. So there's topics and interests that you can kind of bond over and hopefully you meet someone on there that you guys become good friends. And, you know, in her words, if something else happens or leads to more, then that's great. But obviously it's on a friendship connection based first level. (laughs) Yeah, that really differentiates from the rest of the competition, at least in my eyes. um, We talked a little bit in the interview, but yeah, moving out here to Michigan, uh, it's really hard to find a group of people to be friends with and just to share that common interest, share that common network um, without having them feel like you're, you know, either weird or trying to take them on a date. Like, yo, I really just want to find people to uh, connect and be friends. So I really I really dig what she's trying to do. And um, also a CEO, you know, founder and she's uh, she's black. So we got to represent and we got to, <laughs> you, you know, make sure our, our people are actually being represented and 
showing that we can do big things outside of basketball, rap, hip hop. You know, we, we're trying to develop in the other outcomes and other avenues. Yes, for sure. And, you know, I, I got to say it. We got to make sure our sisters <laughs> hold up the, that, that fist. Our sisters <laughs> are represented out here. And from her interview, you're going to gain so much of passion, dedication. She has a lot and she exudes it when she speaks about French herself and her trials and tribulations. And there's so much you guys will gain from this interview. And I'm so excited that we get to bring it to you. So, I mean, without further ado, let's kind of get into Miss Chandra Afra. She shows us why her hustle is educated. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Educated Hustle. Today, our special guest is the founder and CEO of the Frenish app, Miss Chandra Arfer. How are you doing today, Chandra? Hi, I'm doing really well. I'm really happy to be here. So hi, everybody. What's going on? We're really excited to have you here and uh, talk to us about your friendish app. Uh, you know, it's a special thing to your heart and we hope our listeners find it entertaining. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, I hope that first and foremost, they all download the app and make friends and get friendish because it's really just a super easy way to connect with other people around you who have things in common. And I think it provides a really nice dating app alternative. Um, and so for for people, millennials, young professionals, college students, anybody really who wants to connect with people around them who have similar interests, then Friendish is really the perfect app for you. It's definitely one of those things where when you look at it, it's kind of cool how you guys kind of made the topics and interests very modern and millennial based. I, I know they have one where if you're a fan of gifts or <laughs> um, just like Comedy Central. And that's very, you know, like millennial based. So kind of what's the inspiration on kind of making topics just like that? You know, it, they come from everywhere. And at this point, as a, as a team, we add the interests, but we're really looking forward to being able to have users do that. Later this year, we'll roll out a feature. Just so like in the same way with Instagram, you can add your own stuff because we really want people to be able to connect with other people who like the same things, you know, things that are important to them. And we don't know everything. You know, I have a very specific point of reference. I'm a 90s kid. You know, I'm a millennial, um, but I'm also in my 30s. So it's not like I'm 22. You know, I'm not 24. I didn't just get out of college. So I can relate to that group and that age group and that experience. But I'm a little older than that. So, you know, the interests are very specific. And I'm always asking my friends, like, write me a list of things that you like so I can add them to the deck. So inspiration comes from everywhere. Um, but yeah, I know that we, we probably need a lot more diversity because it's very me centric right now. And all my friends can tell, they're like, we can tell this is your app for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And yeah, just kind of for all the app developers out there, can you get, break down the process of developing a new app for, for our listeners? Sure. It's, it's a relatively simple process if you have a clear idea. So I think the first step, if you want to build an app, You need to know what you're building and who you're building it for. And that will really inform, if you think about your customer segments, that's really going to inform how you develop your, you know, app or product or service. So the first thing you need to do is figure out what you're building and then who you're building it for. And then you need to design it and wireframe it and mock it up. So, you know, wireframes, mock-ups, those are essentially the same things. Like if you talk to a designer, they'll probably tell you like, no, they're very different, but it's essentially a blueprint of what you're going to, you know, build. And so wireframes look more like lines and, you know, scratches and little wiggles and 
mock-ups really actually have the, um, the colors and the font and it really, it, you know, it becomes a real product. Um, and it really looks like a real app. So a wireframe is kind of before you get to the mock-up. So you do that, you build that, or you get a designer to design your app. And then you need a developer if you're not a technical person, which I am not. I want to clarify that. I am, um, <laughs> that's my dog shaking off. Sorry. I do everything that's not development. You know, I do all the legal and fundraising, but if you're a developer, then you get to writing the code and, you know, all the numbers and dots and everything else. And if you're not a developer, if you're not a person who develops, you support your developer so that they can get you a working prototype in the app store. So that's it. Wow. That was really informative. Yeah. Anybody could just do it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I definitely want to ask them just describing your process. You could tell there's a lot of ups and downs with you and your team. Could you kind of just elaborate to the viewers? What has been probably the most difficult part of the process of launching Friendish? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, startups are very sexy. You know, the idea of like, oh, you know, I started my own company. It was just an idea, a few people in a garage or in a room. And we had this idea and we, you know, we put our minds to it and we built this huge, amazing thing. Right. And that's the story that people really buy into. But the reality is that, um, you know, not every person is made or um, knows how to lead or knows how to execute on an idea. You know, you have people, some people are just very creative. Some people are producers and they just do well, you know, doing tasks. Other people are, you know, very big picture and they're very inspirational and they're motivators. So when you are putting together a team of people, it's important to look for all of these qualities and virtues. And sometimes there are other issues that you're not aware of until you find yourself in a, in a problem. So, you know, for me, I'm a people person. I like people. I like having friends. Obviously I'm starting a friending app, but, um, (laughs) you know, we had, you know, I had a few different co-founders that really came and went, and this is a very difficult experience because you invest a lot in people when you're building something together, you know, everybody has to be on the same page. And even though everyone might say that upfront, when it comes time to deliver work or it comes time to make personal sacrifices for your app, like, not going out on a Friday night because you need to finish, you know, mock-ups or you need to finish a, you know, a document or a term sheet or something. Um, you know, these, these are the types of sacrifices that are required to make a successful app, you know, and just to get it live and launched in the app store. So that was really, that has been to date, probably the most difficult thing for me is, you know, having to say goodbye to people that I've really cared about and that I've invested my time in. And that also, you know, I've, you know, had be a part of this experience of building this, this idea, you know, so to see it come to life and to see it be real in the app store and see other people downloading it and and interacting with it, that's huge. And that's very exciting, but it's been a long journey just in getting it there. You know, did you have to like, let them go or did they quit on their own? What was that? Like, um, it's been both. It's been both. Um, there have been people who came on board and who did not produce and said that they, had skills that they didn't actually have. And, you know, after a bit of trial and error and realizing that they would not be able to produce the artifacts we needed, I had to part ways with them. I had to terminate them and say, you know, Hey, this is just not really a good fit and it's not working out. And I will say quickly a a, a little bit about the legal ramifications of this, like make sure that when you write a founder's agreement, if you are the, you know, if this is, if you want to start a company or you have this app idea 
and you think it's so cool and you have to go out and recruit other people to join you in that process, make sure you draw up a legal document and a founder's agreement that gives you complete authority and control to remove founders if need be, because if you incorporate yourself, which I did, um, you know, and you have other people's names on those documents, which there were, um, it's a legal issue, you know, and sometimes you don't, if you're not a legal person or you're not coming from a legal background or don't have that help, you may draw up a contract that really makes it impossible for you to get rid of people who are not serving the best interests of the company. So make sure that, you know, if you do go about it the legal way up front, which is a good way to go about it, that you have the control and the authority to remove founders, um, and that they don't have the authority to remove you because you could also find yourself on the other side of that. So <laughs> gems, <Yeah. laughs> gems right there. I, I want to just um, revisit some things you said that I, I really want to point out to some viewers and listeners who didn't catch it on the first time. Probably one thing that Chandra definitely said, if you weren't paying attention, is she sacrificed going out on a Friday night or maybe sometimes Saturday mm-hmm. yeah. to get some work done and invest in herself. Oh yeah, we have to learn to do that. We have to learn. You know what I'm saying? You you cannot. If you want to launch something off the ground, you have to invest in it and put time into it. And you can't have the cake and eat it, too. I'm sure there's been plenty of nights you're working on the Friendish app and there's maybe been a, a, a show on I'm or sure. an event going on or something. And you were like, no, I'm putting myself first. So, yeah. oh, man, I love hearing that. I, 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 once again, just educate us. The whole point of this is to let people know that if you work at it and you stick to it, you can make it happen. And Chandra is Live an example of making it happen. For sure. Trying to be. I mean, it's it's like anything. You know, we live in an era where, you know, if you want to learn how to do something, it's accessible to you. You know, there's the whole internet of all of this information, you know, anything that you want to do, building an app, building a house, you know, building a lawnmower or whatever, it's all out there for you. So there's really no reason that you can't get the information, but the information is only a part of it. You know, you have to be willing to do the work. And I think a lot of people have a lot of great ideas, but a lot of people are not great at self-managing and executing on ideas and, um, you know, managing other people. That's not like a natural skill set that most of us have. I don't know that I have it, but I'm trying to get better at it. But it's, it's a really, it's not a natural thing to tell somebody else what to do. You know, we are born to live in our own worlds and our own environments and manage ourselves or people that we know and have relationships with. But other people, that's not really like a natural thing. So it's a learning, the whole thing is a learning process, but you know, you just get better and better with, with each experience. Yeah. You can literally just look up anything on YouTube, like how to, how, yeah. how to build a lawnmower, how to start a podcast. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, listen, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> it's, it really is all accessible at your fingertips. And I think that's one of the most difficult things uh, for me. Um, just learning how to do things. I just, yep. when I, when I'm looking up to how to do something, I'm overwhelmed by how much information is out there that sometimes I just kind of get off track because I'm looking at one thing, another thing pops up. So I go to that and it's just kind of really hard to stay on track sometimes because of the abundance mm-hmm. of information we have at our hands. So yep. it's, it's just really amazing. Yeah, I totally agree. When I'm really in work mode, I always put on classical music. That's really my first love. I, played classical cello for 10 years. So I'm very string centric. I love stringed instruments and I will literally just turn my phone off, turn my classical music, like, and just sit and make myself focus. You know, I close all my tabs because, you know, if you're not creating or contributing, you know, when I'm on my computer, then it's really a waste of time because it's actually taking something from me. You know, if I'm not 
actively learning from the internet or being online, or I'm not contributing to a conversation or a community or, you know, collaborating with people or creating something, whether it's designing a flyer or, you know, helping Adam troubleshoot a bug that we have in the app, like, then I'm wasting my time. And at this stage, it's just, it's worth so much more, you know? Oh man, you hear that co-host? Close all the tabs. Yes. My my co-host. I'm a tabaholic. Infamous. The tabs on tabs on. I've never seen. I closed like twelve tabs earlier just so I only had five tabs up in my other window. See, you're probably on Facebook oh. right now. You're probably not even plugged nah, in. Nah, I'm here. on. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> See, I knew it. <laughs> I was actually. Don't, don't do my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm. Yeah, I'm a tabaholic, honestly. Uh, that's a confession I have to make. I hope they they should have a an, uh, like an alcoholics thing meeting. They should have that for tabs. <laughs> tab rehab. Yeah, there you go. Tab rehab. I love it. Start it. Make an app. Yeah. I should. <laughs> no, you should start it. You you you're the one that did the the, the layering. She's like close all the tabs. <laughs> oh, oh man. but um, going off that, and it's obvious that just within a few moments of talking to you, you're very passionate about friendish and where it can go. So I kind of want to ask you, earlier you said that friendish is kind of like a dating alternate uh, from what you've seen out there, and we're not going to name any other popular ass because it's all about friendish right now, but just what was your inspiration for it? How did this idea come about for like this app, and you, you kind of put into your head, hey, I can do this and make it work? Well, Okay. I lived in Berlin from 2009 to 2013. And so when I was there, I remember a very specific moment where I was in a a friend group and all the friends were like dating each other and everything just got like really seedy. And it was like kind of too much. And I was like, you know what? I need my own group of friends. So I'm going to make a concerted effort to go out here. I'm going to go to lectures and art galleries and parties and bars and, you know, hip hop dance parties. And I'm going to do it all because I really want to make friends. And through that very analog you know, experience, I was able to make a a very nice friend group that, you know, actually ended up contributing to my existing group quite well. So that was cool. So I left Berlin, I came back home and I realized very quickly that most of my friends who were still in this area, even though we shared similar childhood experiences, we were just at different places in our lives. You know, many of them had gotten married and had children or some of them were much further advanced in their careers than I was. So while we, you know, we had shared experiences from the past, we didn't really have that much in common anymore. And so I wanted to make friends and I found it very, very difficult to do. And in Berlin, it just felt so natural and normal. You know, you have a dinner party, you invite people over. I actually read something on like apartment therapy that was like, oh, you know, um, you know, this is what I've started doing in my group of friends. I started hosting like spaghetti Fridays, you know, literally every Friday I just makes spaghetti and meatballs. You know, I get a few bottles of wine. I tell like 10 to 20 people in my neighborhood and friends just like, Hey, if you want to come by, I'm making spaghetti tonight. You can bring something, whatever. And people started coming and really enjoying it. And it was really just this great community thing. So I thought, Hmm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the same thing. Do you know, I sent out a message to like 60 Facebook friends that were in my area. And I was like, Hey, Every Friday, I'm making spaghetti. It's on the house. I'll probably have a bottle of wine or two, some music on. Just come over and let's hang out. Let's talk. Everybody was like, yeah, oh my God, this is such a great idea. Like, I love it. Sure enough, the first Friday, people were sick. I'm not going to make it, but next time. Or like, you know, and I ended up having like one person come over, had all this spaghetti and all of this wine. <laughs> and, oh, you no. know, it was fine, you know, but I was just very disappointed and it really like killed my spirits. And I just felt like, and I did it a few more weekends, but to no avail. I never could really get traction um, with that. So I stopped doing it. Um, And it was also, I was like wasting money and food. And I mean, my dog was quite happy, but um, (laughs) so... So I, I, anyway, I got a new job. I moved to Orlando and I wanted to make friends. And so I started using dating apps because I think that's what all of us do. 
And I went through all of the range of emotions, right? You're swiping on somebody, you see a gorgeous guy or girl or whatever, and you start chatting with them if they swipe on you. And then everything seems to be going perfectly. And then you get ghosted and you never hear from them again, or you try to get out of the app. You just try to like go have a drink or like, you know, get off of your phone and do something like real. And you can never really make it to that point with a person sometimes, you know, and we're all scrolling and we're all swiping and we're all trying to connect, but it's really not that effective. And so then you wonder if you've done something wrong, if they met the per- the love of their life, like, are they still on the app? Like what happened? And then you just end up deleting the whole thing altogether because you're just very upset, you know, but because your needs have not been met, usually what happens is you end up redownloading some version of the same app. So... I really started to think, I started to wonder if like I was the only person having this experience. And so I took a poll of guys that I was matching with and nearly 70% of the guys that I spoke to, I actually put this information in a presentation deck. That's why I can, you know, rattle it off to you. But, um, nearly 70% of the guys that I matched with said that they were looking for some sort of friendship first. And I just think that's the natural way we as human beings, like establish relationships, you know, shared interests, you know, when you're little, you know, you don't become friends with the cutest kid in your class because you're not thinking about that. You become friends with the kid who also has little Debbie's or zebra cakes or, you know, loves to be on the monkey bars or can do the same, knows the same little songs and dances. You know, I remember as a little girl, you know, singing like these little hand clapping games. So you establish a friend group as a child based on shared interests. And it continues this way until adulthood, until puberty hits, and then suddenly physical appearance becomes a part of that. But the shared interests are still there. You know, there's just another component and it becomes maybe more romantic. So with Friendish, we wanted to go back to the root of what makes solid relationships, and that is friendships and shared interests. And so that's why when you swipe on the stack of interests, it's fun. We try to have content that's really fun and relevant, but it's also it's also helping you to refine your search of people that have like-minded things in common. And so it's just really a perfect solution. And our goal is to help people make friends. But if down the line they decide like, wow, we're a match made in heaven and they want to get married or pursue something romantic, like we wouldn't be mad at it, you know? So, um, <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really the inspiration in the story. It's very personal. Isn't, isn't the old adage like you start as friends first and then you eventually yeah. move into that. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of yeah. see where that's going. Hey, my co-host kind of had some success on, on a dating app, right? Tell us all about it. Tell Can us about that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I have. I have, actually. You don't have um, to name but... the app because it's not friendly. Oh, no, so. no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. No. Um, but I definitely want to uh, just, uh, just a backtrack and something you were talking about, just the whole, the, the rhythm and roll of dating apps where you get ghosted and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, that could be a podcast on itself. Yes. I, when you were talking about I just went through the feelings because I've been in that same exact situation. So I, it, it was like bringing up like, Oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. But, um, it does. It sucks so much. It sucks so much, but it's life. But yeah, so I've had success on a dating app. I am currently in a relationship based off that, um, success. Cool. It started out as, it did not really start as friends. It just kind of started out more as how, um, friendish design where we had similar interests mm-hmm. and we kind of spent a lot of time in a quick time period together and we just broke it down about what we like to do what we don't like to do what we want in life what we don't want in life and it, it matched up and you know it just kind of felt really great to actually get off the the the, the bs yeah. that comes with um sites where it's like the hey how's it going and you know text 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 but we we broke into early on just actually talking about our general wants and feelings which is so taboo 
that's yeah. another podcast just how to get out that idea of being a person to someone actually communicating because that's so look negative down apparently for some strange reason but <laughs> we got past that cool. and you know now we're doing half we're about to hit a year in um Uh-oh. couple of Uh-oh. couple of <laughs> couple of days, couple of days. Oh, that's <laughs> exciting! I'm so happy for you. That's great. I like this. Forgot. No, I didn't forget. But it's obviously, obviously, oh, no. She's no, probably no. planning it's, the it's, anniversary, and you're like, ah, uh, it's, it's been probably a today. You forgot. Minutes. It is today. No, it's, it's not today. It's not today. No, no, no. But um, it, it's coming up. It's coming up. So, yeah. I mean, we're a success story. Cool. And you know what? The truth is there's millions of success stories. And so for people who want to date, absolutely use a dating app. But for people who want to find friends around them who have common interests or people who are new to a city, you know, you move away someplace for a new job or to go to school, you know, your first time at college or whatever, um, or you study abroad for a year, you know, and you're in Berlin, but you can't speak I'm bisschen Deutsch, you know, you don't know the language or whatever. You know, Friendish is perfect for all of these experiences. It really fits into every single one of those. If you, I mean, if you're going, you know, backpacking through Chile, you know, for a month, you know, and you want to meet other like-minded people, backpackers from the Southeast who maybe also went to your same school or something. I mean, that's perfect. That's a beautiful way to make a connection, to have a new experience with somebody that you didn't know before and really forge a friendship. So for people who want to date, our, our goal is not to to you know, downplay or detract or badmouth any other app or dating app, or even there's a few friending ones that are out there. But for Friendish, we have a really unique offering because the content is special. The branding is special. We're super diverse. If you look at any of our social media pages or anything, we want everybody to feel represented. We want everybody to feel at home You know, when they interact with any of our social channels or even in our app. We work very hard to make sure that it, it looks diverse. It looks like a very nice slice and and representation of what millennials and what young people look like in America today and the way that we behave and the content that we consume. So we work really hard to do that. And I just don't think that that's that's an area that other apps really focus on. Um, Because again, I think you have to maybe be of that world or you have to be of that, you know, kind of group to really make sure that it's there and it's represented. That's why right now we have a huge conversation about women in tech, right? Because women design products and services very differently than men. You know, women, you know, design products that we can use or that are important to us. Minorities are another hugely underrepresented group in technology. So the 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 intersection between the way that technology impacts low socioeconomic communities or the way that technology impacts women and the way that it can help women and the way that it can help, you know, it's it's all it's a really big conversation that's happening right now. So friendish isn't exactly at, at the middle of one of these intersections, but I do think, you know, because I'm a part of the founding team, it looks a lot different than some of your other dating apps are going to look in terms of what you see online and social media. So that's true. Um, yeah. I wish I had something kind of like friendish when I was, because I moved to Michigan and mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody around. Um, I didn't want to do the whole dating app thing because of the stigma behind it. And yeah. I really wanted to find friends here. But right. they didn't have the means to do it. So that probably could have really helped save some time. And specifically, yeah. like, finding friends that are guys. I don't know what yes. it is, but there's some kind of, like, weird thing for a dude to approach another dude. A bro like, code? Yeah, like, there's some kind of <laughs> yeah, weird Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> but I, I really wanted to find other dudes to be friends with and, and not, you know, have them feel all weird about another yeah. dude approaching another dude. So 
I wish, you know, there's something like friendish that I could have utilized, you know, just trying to build my network. Yeah. I mean, well, it's still there. And that's the thing. I mean, in a year's time, you definitely probably leave Michigan and, or travel different places, you know? So it's like, even if you're at a convention or if you're at something somewhere and you just want to connect with other people around you, like it's also a very cool immediate tool, you know, friendish, you know, as we innovate and come up with really cool new creative ways to reach, you know, users and reach people, you know, we're going to be thinking about that too. Like all these experiences and these moments where people are looking to connect or they want to find friends or find, you know, somebody to have dinner with that night that has things in common. When you were talking about your girlfriend, actually, Emilio, right? Um, mm-hmm, that yeah. you guys have been together about a year and your anniversary is tomorrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. <laughs> but, but go ahead. But no, um, you know, as you were telling me that story, you know, I love people's stories. I love hearing stories. I love telling stories. But, um, you know, how, how much cooler would it have been or not even cooler, but it would have been equally as cool if, you know, you and your girlfriend had a place to start from the beginning. Because in my experience, you know, I have been on many dates and some of them have been fine, but it takes time to get to know, to dig through and be like, okay, do you also like Beyonce? Okay, great. Okay. Do you also hate mayonnaise? Okay. Okay. Great. Do you, did you also go to, okay. Okay. You know, it's like, it takes time to get through that. And while we don't want people becoming robots and not being able to have conversations, it's totally cool to start out and be like, to know, oh, this person also loves Star Wars and they love Taco Tuesday. And they also like celebrate Kwanzaa, you know, like, the, I mean, those are very specific things. And it's like that just that instantly makes that person more accessible to you. And then you instantly have something to share, something to talk about, you know, because I've also been on dates where it's like pulling teeth because we have nothing in common. And so we're trying to make the best of a very awkward situation. But, you know, you spend 20 bucks on dinner and drinks and you feel like you really wasted your time and you come back and you get back on the dating app because that's how ineffective they can be. Not for everybody, but they can be. And so, you know, your story is really just even more validation for us that we're really in the right place because we hope to be able to the experience you had with your girlfriend. We hope to be able to digitize that and make it for people who want to make friends and make that super easy. So, yeah. And I mean, that's definitely something that your app can do because it's just going on. It is very colorful. It's presented really well. It looks different. It doesn't look like a dating app. I mean, I don't know what the, the look of a dating app generically is, but your app friendish doesn't have it. Yeah, so it cool. really has that going forward to where it comes out and, you know, you automatically, it feels like something new. It doesn't feel cool. like, you know, I, charted territory. It feels more uncharted. <laughs> I love hearing that. That's great. Like, yeah, I mean, props to our designer who's no longer with us, unfortunately, but she did a beautiful job designing our app and, you know, really designing this interface and experience for users so that they feel at home and they also feel like it's new, like they're having a new experience. So I'm like super thrilled to hear you say that. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, man. Ooh, we are just super thrilled to have you. I think what well, we have time for just one more question. Yeah. So I guess we just want to ask, you know, just in general with Friendish being your first app, what do you want to be kind of like your your crown achievement with it? I know you, you want the success stories, but is there anything like personally you kind of want that maybe goes deeper than that? Just knowing that you had this app out and you're able to put it out to the people and they respond well to it. Um, ultimately, you know, well, first and foremost, I want to impact the lives of millions of people around the world and help them build community. Community is essential to the human experience. And so without it, you know, this journey through life, um, is a lot more difficult. So that's really the first thing. And I know that 
Many people of different ages, groups, demographics, you know, sizes, heights, and weights and colors have struggled with this, regardless of how successful or not, or how much money you have or not, you know, it can be a really hard thing to do and to navigate into adulthood. So that's really the first thing. I want Friendish to help millions of people around the world forge new relationships um, that add value to their lives. The second thing that I want to accomplish through Friendish is to be a, um, a leader in my community, but also um, a role model for younger black girls, because I feel like technology is not something that we historically have grown up with. You know, access to this world of tech and technology is not something traditionally that young people of color from low socioeconomic communities have had access to. And so to be able to show young black girls that, you know, you can just be a regular black girl, you know, and you can have a tech company without being a coder, but you could also learn how to develop your own apps and services that really can impact the lives of millions of people around you and can improve your community and and your situation. And I think as people of color, because of our tarnished history in this country, particularly when one of us wins, it is a communal experience, no matter how far, you know, like when Serena Williams wins the U.S. Open, like we all are like, yeah, that's our girl. And that's know? the only mm-hmm. time I watch tennis. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. We're all like crit walking in the street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or I mean, you know, when President Obama became president, you know, I know that not every black person in America voted for him or is even a Democrat or a supporter of President Obama. But for those of us who were it was a huge moment. It was like, oh my God, like we did it. And it wasn't just like we as Americans, we as black Americans, we, we accomplished something huge. So, you know, that shared experience that that's very, um, that's very, it's a trademark, I think of black people in America and maybe less and less as we move forward and we're like less racial, whatever, but it still exists, you know? And so Vince Carter is actually from my hometown. I'm from Daytona beach, Florida. And so, you know, Vince Carter is still the biggest success story that came out of Daytona beach, Florida. And I want to be the next one. I want to be able to, you know, for people to be like, yeah, you know, the girl who founded Friendish, she's from Daytona Beach, she went to this regular high school, grew up in this regular house and like, you know, and help young black girls also, you know, have access to the, the world of tech because it's super fun and it's really exciting right now. There's a lot of, you know, interest in AI and artificial intelligence and virtual reality. And so I'm very excited to see what happens um, in that realm as well of technology. But those are the two main things, I think. That's powerful. I mean, I think as a, as a community, as a as a black community, um, we need to continue to be leaders. We need to continue to show that there's other ways to mm-hmm. get success and and be a leader. You don't have to be, you know, on TV. You don't have to be a basketball player. You don't have to be a football player. Like there's definitely other avenues available right. to us. And I feel like, you know, what what we're so uh, we're so oversaturated on television uh, to what black people are. They, mm-hmm. we, we don't see all the other avenues that we, we can uh, go and be successful in. So I really, yeah. I really feel your message on that. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you guys for, for having me and giving me a, a platform to speak and, you know, share what I'm doing with other people, because this is what it's all about, you know, community building and sharing a message and, mm-hmm. you know, helping people connect. So. Most definitely. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. I'm happy yes. to be here and happy to come back if you ever should need my input again. <laughs> well, you know what? We, that might happen. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely uh, reconvene on that note. But thank you so much. You're welcome so for much. For joining us and stopping by. I hope you had a great time. Yeah. We had a great time. I did. I did for sure. 
that. So that was that was something, wasn't it? That was a great interview about learning about friendish and connecting via apps. How do you feel, man? How do you feel learning about that? That was amazing. And you, you can just tell, and I hope the viewers got it too, the listeners got it too, that you could just tell how passionate Chandra is about Frenish and making sure that she actually becomes something in this in this world and day and age. And you don't see that a lot. Like you see a lot of people say they're not they're ambitious, they want to do this, but you could tell with her that she is like, I put it on the line. This is going to be a success. So I mean, just for that, my mind was blown because it's not very often you meet someone where you can really just kind of see that drive and passion. If I could put my money on anybody, it definitely would be her to succeed. Yeah, I think there's there's two different types of people in the world. There's those people that say they're going to do it, and then there's those people that do it. You mm. know, and, and Chandra's really one of those people that just do it. And it's always a thrill to talk to people like that because when you talk to people like that, it just makes you want to go and, and work on your grind a little bit harder. So that was very, for me at least, motivational to keep going to, at doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm, for sure. And we hope that's motivation for everybody listening that you can go out there and you can succeed. She has no excuses. Hashtag no excuses. I'm not a coder. I got a team that can do it. I'm not a designer. I got a team that can do it. I am a founder. I'm not necessarily qualified to lead the people, but guess what? I'm going to do it. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, hey man, it, it writes itself. No excuses. Hashtag all day. But Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of people want to like put the team on their back when they go and start a venture, you know, uh-huh. but she she's like, yo, why put the team on my back when I could just be the head coach and let my yeah. team go out there and work for me. So yeah. it's, it's, an, it's it's definitely enlightening to hear that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To do a little Warriors reference, you know, <laughs> she might be Seth Curry, but if she's out, the whole team is still going to do what they got to do. That's the team you kind of want. But alas, we're getting off topic because <laughs> we're hype off that interview. Yeah, man. Once again, if you want to reach us and let us know how we're doing or just chat and say, hey, what's up? You can reach us at these following social media outlets. We're on Twitter at educated underscore hustle. We're on Snapchat at educated hustle. That's one word, educated hustle. We are at Instagram at educated hustle podcast. And if you want to send us an email to be a guest, give us feedback, emotional comfort, anything, we're wide open. You can reach us at educated hustle podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educated hustle podcast at gmail.com. Sounds good, my friend. You got anything else you got to say to the people? Shoot, man. As always, everybody, we hope you enjoy what you heard. Hope it motivates you and gets you out your seat just to do a little something and put your passion into play. (laughs) Yeah, man. And as always, stay educated and keep hustling.